listening to the Impact Interviews from the Martin Agency. Join us as we explore fresh ways to break through the noise, impact culture, and shape the future of advertising. In today's episode, Martin's Chief Strategy Officer, Michael Chapman, sits down with former White House photographer, Lawrence Jackson, who spent eight years documenting the Obama administration and America's favorite first family. Lawrence is also the author of the forthcoming book, Yes, We Did. here with Lawrence Jackson, the former official White House photographer of the Obama administration. Um, you've done a lot in your life, and we have seen um, a lot of the work that you've done. Um, tell me a little bit about what it's been like to be a storyteller in the Obama administration. Uh, what it's like to be a storyteller. You know, I don't, <clears throat> I, I really see myself as a documentarian photographer, and in that sense, I'm there to, you know, document what's in front of me. <clears throat> and luckily, uh, there's a story to be told almost every day. And and that story could be something innocuous like, you know, the president met with this world leader and he gave remarks at this event and, you know, he called it a day. But that's a story, right? It doesn't sound sexy and it doesn't sound um, too exciting, but uh, at the end of the day, it's a part of his his journey uh, of being president. So in my eyes, I'm just taking pictures, and and the when you look back at it, the narrative kind of plays its part. So you're, you're capturing and then looking at it and seeing, what have I really captured? Right. I mean, yeah, maybe it was lucky. Maybe it was because you did take a risk and take the job. Yeah. But you were a part of two people who were extraordinarily impactful in culture. You know, they made huge moments. Um, they were uh, adept, if not experts at media and um, social media in particular. But um, how did you know when you were capturing your story or your pictures the, uh, in the documentary way, what you said, um, how did you know if you were really a part of something special or were you just really um, doing it day by day or did you know, hey, wait a second, this is a moment that I got to stop and take a picture of? Hmm. Well, there, there, are certain, there are certain speeches that he gave that I was taking pictures, but I was also listening. And you you can't do both at the same time. So when I'm taking pictures, I'm taking pictures. I'm not, you know, it's just over my head. But then sometimes the camera's down and I'm listening to what he has to say. And, and I found that certain speeches, I was listening more than I was taking pictures. And, and maybe I was doing my job, maybe I wasn't, but it felt good, you know, what he was saying. And he really spoke, uh, not for me, but when he said things, it's like, that's how I feel, or that's what I think. And and it happened so many times, it just kind of became, you know, just natural. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, the night that he was elected and what you saw outside of the, um, well, the party? Well, uh, I, was, I was working at the White House and covering George Bush, and uh, I was working for the AP, and I, you know, shocked like the rest of the nation was that, you know, we had elected our first African-American president, but I, I was talking to my brother and then my uh, wife, and then uh, we heard this commotion out in the Lafayette Park, and it was all these college kids from AU, American University, and GW, George Washington University, and they were all just celebrating uh, the fact that, that we had just elected an African-American president. And just being in the crowd and the energy and the, 
you know, I don't want to say love fest, but it was just, they were so happy. And it, it just washed over me. And I, I did my job, I took my pictures. Um, but then I went back and I filed my images. And, and at this point, I'm packing up to leave. It's around 1 a.m. And I'm leaving. And um, there's this, uh, I'm walking back to the crowd. People still there at 1 a.m. And I'm walking to the garage from my car and there's this black guy kind of walking in the same direction as me and we get closer and closer until we're right beside each other and he looks at me and says can you believe it and I was like I know right and that that instant I instant I was just thinking I want to be a part of this because it was so special and that that connection so I, I applied well and it worked it worked yeah um you were also a big part of Michelle Obama, who has in her own right a following, an energy, an excitement, a passion. bigger than her, bigger than him. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing that that night had all the buzz and excitement and uh, historical moment that it was, w- were there other moments during the presidency or even with her where you felt like, yeah, this is another moment where I'm seeing something truly special? Well, <clears throat> I think the, the, the special moments are, are how people respond to them. You know, how they touch people's lives is what I think is the visceral um, reaction. Like, you know, people are bawling and crying in their presence because they're so happy to see them and they feel like they know them and they feel like they can be themselves with them. And that's, you know, for someone to feel like they know you and they've never met you, that's that's the power of, of media. That's the power of them projecting themselves to the media in a sense that or in a way that people can identify with mm-hmm. so that's the power okay that's where people come up to me all the time and say what are they really like you know it's like <laughs> it like you see them you see them yeah. this is them but no 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 what are they really like i'm like this is what they're like i think that's what made them certainly so special for me right. which is just oh my god these are these brilliant smart charismatic people leading our country and authentic is, I think, Absolutely. A, a, a good word to use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have a line of questioning that's a, a little bit more about you and, and your process. Um, <clears throat> and you said that you're, you, you like that you're a documentary and, and you're sort of taking a step back and doing your job. Yeah. I think in our business, and I talk to people who are students and, and tell them that oftentimes when you remove yourself wholly from a process, you actually don't do... Um, a great job. It's like when you tell someone to start giving a presentation and they start to use their marketing presentation voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to put yourself, I mean, great actors, great communications, um, great artists. Mm-hmm. There's always a bit of themselves in what they do. Mm-hmm. Is that true of you? And if so, what bit of yourself, uh, uh, of either your vision or your, um, y- you know, your passion comes through and how you capture those moments? Well, I think you're right. I mean, you do. You, there's nothing that you do that doesn't have a stamp of you in it. I mean, it's just we're going to take different pictures, and you know. Um, but for me, um, I'm a black man, right? And I have experiences that are different from your experiences. So when I pick up a camera, <clears throat> I'm looking through the lens, through the eye, through the mind of a black person. So, you know, in covering the president, first lady. It was just an instant level of connection because he has gone through some of my experiences, and she as well to a certain extent. So that, for me, when I'm taking pictures, I mean, I want to say I, I, 
I, I worked harder for them maybe, but maybe not because I work hard for every assignment that I'm given. But I understood them, or at least I felt like I did, at a different level than other subjects. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, just the, and he gave a speech once uh, in New York uh, to the NAACP. And it was, he said, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. And he was talking about his life as a black man and how many chances he had uh, growing up, you know, from his mistakes. And the simple truth is, if you're a black man, you don't get that many chances because if you do something wrong, you know, you're branded or you're, there's a strike against you that sometimes you just can't recover from. But when he said that, you know, it's like the crowd went crazy. They were, you know, totally identifying with them. And I just, you know, I identified with that statement. And, and he's, he's said things over the years that I've just, you know, it clicked and instantly with me. Is part of the joy of, of, of being a part of that, being able to amplify some of those lessons and, yeah. and, and normalizing things that maybe weren't normalized forever? Right. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you had said something I, I, earlier about um, a criteria for a for the perfect picture or a great picture. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because the first two aren't it's uh, aren't exactly what I thought they would be. No. Uh, well, the first one is the uh, the capturing the emotion of the image. You know, uh, emotions drive the narrative. You know, if you can connect someone emotionally with an image, then you've you've kind of sunken your claws into them just a little bit. And um, and if if you can't find emotion, then you you know you have to give the information. You know what's going on. You know, it could be speaking at a podium. It could be walking across the South Lawn or whatever. Uh, And if there's, you know, very little information, then you use what you have. You know, use the light, use the shadows, use the angle, and you make an aesthetically pleasing picture, right? But the great photos have all three of those things Mm -hmm. going for them. And, And you see it. I mean, it's a picture that you look at and you look at and you look at, and you never get tired of looking at it. Always something new in it. Always, always something, something you yeah. know, it, it, it makes you feel a certain way when you look at it, and that's the emotion. Or your eyes catch it, and it's like, that's just beautiful light, you know. I don't know if it helped or hurt or what. I'd love to hear your, your take on it since you lived it. Um, being uh, not always the primary person, right? I know mm-hmm. for Michelle, you were, Obama, Obama mm-hmm. uh, you were, uh, but weren't always for the president. So you would found yourself in different situations. What was it, What did that allow you to do that you couldn't do? If you were the first person, uh, so being uh, the secondary shooter, yeah. what did that allow me to do? Yeah, I mean, what what benefit was there? Because it felt like there was different. The images you showed and the images that I've seen of yours feel like they have a different perspective sometimes that could only happen as a secondary shooter. As a secondary shooter. Yeah. So, uh, if you're the primary, you've got to be within ten or fifteen feet of the of the principal. Because, you know, if he or she decides to do a handshake or decides to do a group photo or if they, you know, get a call that's important, you've got to be there to take that picture. And as a secondary, you're kind of leapfrogging ahead to all the different events and all the different places uh, that the principal is going to be. So I usually got to an event 15 minutes before the president or five minutes before the president so I could take a look around to see, you know, the different angles, what the best spot might be for, for my vantage point. So that afforded me, you know, a bit of uh, luxury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just, and 
don't get me wrong, I, sometimes I'd rather be the primary. I mean, no, no offense to Pete, but you know, I, I like taking pictures up close as well. But you know, I wasn't, so therefore I had to you know, figure out what the best angle was. But it also felt like the, sort of that, the emotion and the information and the aesthetic, you, know, you had to work with more, um, but also maybe had to be even a little bit more creative yeah. sometimes with what you're doing. Absolutely. I think it paid off, just to be clear. Well, thank you, sir. Um, one more point about the, your actual uh, photography. You, you talked earlier about um, uh, uh, f- pictures you wish you had taken. Yeah. And one, one the, you might want to just tell the one about Michelle Obama yeah. on the plane. Okay. Um, and I'll ask you a question about it. Okay. So um, the picture I wish I had taken with uh, Michelle Obama was uh, we were on her plane, which is called Bright Star. And um, this is a military plane, and it's designed differently than most um, where the uh, – the main, the, the principal's cabin is right in the middle of the plane. So you had seats in front and seats behind the main cabin. So for someone to get to the back, they had to walk through her cabin to get to the back. So, um, so there's one flight where she was, it was a long day, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And she was just kind of closing her eyes and trying to get some sleep, you know. And it was this beautiful shot and people walking in and out of her you know, of her cabin because they've got a, you know, the flight attendants were delivering drinks or food or something to the crew in the back. And um, it would just been a great photo of me kind of capturing that moment of people walking in and out as she's trying to get some sleep. But I didn't take the fit picture because I didn't know if she would not like that or if she would like it. Now, looking back, she wouldn't have cared. She wouldn't have cared. She wouldn't have cared at all. Do you think there's something in that? Because a couple of the other stories you told about the photography that you wish you had taken or that would have been a great shot, and mm-hmm. I think some of the shots that you do that you did take and you do have, mm-hmm. have some tension in them. I mean, we talk a lot about tension in our business where, you know, there's a huge amount of um, consumer indifference right now. There's just so much coming at people that you've got to have a point of view. You've got to put your flag out there and, right. and do something more than just say something. Right. Um, and, and in the same way, and we, we talk with brands about having a for and against, mm-hmm. um, but that's just to say that there's got to be a push and pull. And it felt like in a lot of the examples you gave is she's exhausted, but she can't sleep. Right. You know, she's had a long day. She wants to be with her family, but she's still working on something hard. Right. The, or the great picture of Obama pardoning a turkey and, right. you know, <laughs> one of her daughters is you know, covering her face. Right. There's always something a little, um, there's some tension baked into it. Um, yeah. yeah. Does, that, does that feel right? Or there, yeah. is that, do you look for that tension? You know, honestly, I don't, I'm not looking for the tension. I'm just looking for, you know, the moment in which this truth is here. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the truth was she was tired. You know, she had a long day, and there are people doing their job trying to, you know, get by. And uh, that contrast of, you know, tired, tired, but working and working, trying to be quiet. You know, it's like how do you balance those two, those those two actions? No, it certainly would get get people talking to have something just a little off kilter yeah. for what you're doing. Yeah. Well, you've certainly been a part of a major piece of our history, and I know you, you captured it well. Um, and um, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, sort of a, a finishing question. What do, you, what do you, you know, you were a part of the biggest impact this country's seen in a long time, hmm. capturing it, um, you know, being around it, seeing it. What's yeah. next? What are you doing? Um, what uh, are you doing to, to, to keep going? Uh, well, whatever my wife tells me, first of all. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm working on a book. And it's going to come out in October. 
And the book is titled, Yes, We Did. So it's going to be kind of eight years of my experiences and stories and anecdotes of covering a first African-American uh, family and present. So what's next? Uh, currently, I'm doing, um, I'm doing a, a series of portraits on my Instagram account. And, and these are people who used to work for the Obama administration, and I'm calling them Obamanots because they were people that, you know, that were inspired by them to, you know, either work in government or work in nonprofit or to work in corporate with uh, a slightly uh, benefit of uh, helping people. And, but the angle is that these people have stories, direct stories of working with him or her and you know they kind of tell those stories so it's a little write-up a little bio and then they say and i remember the time i worked with the president and he he taught me this it's amazing it's yeah. amazing that someone has been able to inspire a generation of people to do something that maybe they wouldn't generation. Have done without them. absolutely a generation of people well thank you so much for being here really appreciate the talk tonight yeah. and also this afternoon yeah absolutely thank you all right thanks for listening to the impact interviews Love what you heard or hate it? Send us an email and let us know at impact at martinagency.com. And if you love our theme music, I Crush the Mountainside by Space Bomb House Band, check them out at spacebombrecords.com. 